Thanks for listening to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and this is episode 120. We're going back to Ottawa right now. We're going to go talk to one of our good friends that we met back in episode 115. His name is Julian Bate Verjet. Did I pronounce your name right, sir? You did indeed. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> How are you doing? How's it going up there, way up north there in Ottawa? It's going well. We have a really massive protest happening right now, so life's a bit hectic. But other than that, I mean, things are good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the protests. Yeah, the never-ending protests. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where we are in the world, uh, mm-hmm. there's there's some kind of a protest going on. Yeah. It's the season, right? It is, yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> are you guys snowed in? Well, you know what? We had a pretty big snowstorm uh, a week or two ago. Uh, maybe maybe it's longer than that now. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're pretty re- resilient when it comes to that. We get the snow taken care of pretty fast. And yeah, we're, but you know what? We have a lot of snow nonetheless. That's that's fantastic. I mean, it's mm. like you can make The Shining or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if, hey, guys, we're talking to Julian about audio. Uh, we mm-hmm. are, you know, as you know, we usually try to inspire you to grab your phone and start making movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably everybody, what do you think, Julian, has heard that the, the other half of your picture right, of your motion picture, of your film, is audio. And yes, so is. I'm trying to inspire our listeners and all the mobile filmmakers out there to get um, get motivated to pay some attention to the audio. And so we're going to go over a few things. You know, um, one of the things we're going to go over is, you know, mic check, you know, just, just mm-hmm. the basics, you know, room tone, uh, do you need external audio? And if you do, why? Right? Uh, shotgun mics versus the wireless clip-on mics or even with wire clip-ons. Um, I kind of want to also talk about something uh, which is cheating extra audio audio track layers, you know, on mm-hmm. the field using iPhones or any smartphone. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, um, and also, you know, film formats and blah, 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 right? Much more. Um, So what I wanted to do is, first of all, why are we talking to you, Julian? What is it about you and your background? What do you do? Because you're also a filmmaker, uh, but Mm -hmm. audio is one of your your things. And you're also a musician and uh, uh, a composer, right? So why don't you share just, just a couple of minutes to... So that uh, our listeners understand why you're the guy to talk to and listen to. Well, uh, I guess it goes back to uh, I've been a filmmaker now for uh, about about six years now. Um, It's been kind of one of my lifelong passions. uh, But the one of the problems I had back in the past with my films was, uh, you know what? You know, the picture seems fine, but, you know, my the sound of my films were always sort of lacking back in the day. And it was sort of the pandemic that pushed me to, I was like, you know what, 
I'm going to go back to school. I want to learn about audio and lean into my musical side, you know, two birds, one stone type thing and kind of get the best of both worlds. And so I went back to school. I took music industry arts. I learned about, you know, being a sound engineer. I started recording my own music. And through this journey, I have become a better filmmaker in the process. I'm still learning a lot, you know, like I've I've done a few uh, films since graduating. But, you know, I think the best way to look at it is you're you're always learning, regardless of what your craft is. You're always learning. But uh, yeah, so I went to school, graduated, and here I am now putting these skills I've learned to the test. That's that's awesome. I I should note um, that in episode 115, uh, you were with us uh, Mm -hmm. with our good friend Jason Marshall, who does the um, the In the Weeds series for Mm -hmm. story structure and and all that. But you guys were together. We were just having a little bit of a of a New Year's fun episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what one of the things that that you said also is you graduated with honors. Yes. So that, that I just have to congratulate you for that again because I know well, it was you. tough. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes, uh, it was. You know? Yes, and so, many sleepless nights. Yes, of course, but you surprised <laughs> yourself. And it just yeah. kind of reminds me of um, this whole thing of mobile filmmaking because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people that through the years, I <laughs> it's funny that I say through the years, it's only been a f- almost, you know, at least like 14 years or something since I started this. Mm-hmm. But trying to motivate people and inspire people who have never made a film before um, because I'm so big on storytelling and I believe everybody has the ability to share a story in the best format, which is film. Mm-hmm. And film involves audio, of course. Um, and so um, to, to what I'm getting to basically is that when you have someone and you're, tr- and, I, and I've done this so many times when I've walked up to somebody and them said, I don't think I can make a movie. And I've said, mm-hmm. you, you can inspire yourself and surprise yourself just by trying and you have this tool and you if you just at least give it a shot uh you may surprise yourself and so many people have actually surprised themselves um you know in in the film festival itself i've seen people who have made a a not so great film and Mm -hmm. they but they've made it into the film festival um not just because of that film but because of other talents and skills that which they have. And sometimes I can see through that and have them grow uh, within themselves, right? In, yeah. in this whole mode. And then have them return with another film, maybe the next year, maybe a year after that, or maybe a couple years down the line and seeing and being overwhelmed with like, wow, look at what they did, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for you, in your case, I just I'm just saying, you know, I'm sure you didn't expect to graduate with honors. You did this as the pandemic and things like that. And you surprised yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So so double the congrats. And um, and let's do this. Let's dive into the audio now. Yeah. Uh, So let's start by the first thing that you want to do. 
um, first of all, you got to have a, a, a little bit of an idea of what movie you're going to make, mm-hmm. right? What type of movie? Uh, because if you're making a narrative film, obviously, that's going to be different than yep. uh, if you're making a, a documentary film mm-hmm. or if you're making a, a music video. Yeah. Uh, if you're making any any of those types of films. And then also another thing that we do with our smartphones is just making uh, smartphone videos, right? Yep. And those involve, you know, it could be a corporate video. It could be just a story. It could be, you know, um, something experimental and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be an event video. All those require different tools and different mindsets, right? Yeah. And so, but let's start with just the basic narrative film whether mm-hmm. it's a short or a feature film. Um, let's start with the microphones. Mm-hmm. Now, I, first of all, would like to kind of talk a little bit about why having a, a microphone that's, uh, you've all seen, uh, a lot of you listening right now have probably seen the traditional professional camera or the prosumer camera or whatever that has a, a nice little kind of looks like a sh- half a shotgun mic up on top. Yeah. And uh, and then you've seen mics um, that are attached to the top of uh, DSLRs, right? Mm. And those microphones for video production, they're great because as you're capturing B-roll, you can get the ambient sound around, you know, what you're capturing. Absolutely. But, but for actual filmmaking that's probably not the best idea is it julian well you see you know it's it's interesting it's one of the things that i learned since going to school but yeah i used to be one of those people that would you know have it on top of the camera and it's (laughs) not it that honestly if you want to do that that should be your last resort and you should still have a boom and you should still have you know, if you want, you can still have a lavalier mics and stuff like that. But it, it's not really needed for uh, for narrative film, because honestly, the most important audio that you're going to be getting is through the boom. I always prefer boom, by the way, using a boom, yeah. because uh, not only are you getting, you know, good audio, you're also getting some of the environmental stuff around them that's more relevant to where they are. Whereas if you were using the kit, you know, on top of the camera, mic, you're further away from the actors, especially if you're doing like a wide, you know, why would you even have it on top of that? But, uh, I always say use a boom, boom pole. It should be your first, your first go-to and, you know, labs are good too, but you know, they're very clear audio and, and it, it is important to have that because you never know what could happen in terms of, you know, environmental noise. You could be outside. There could be lots of, you know, you know, street noises, whatever there could be. If you're filming in a house and there's loud neighbors, there's a whole lot of variables that could come into it. But, uh, you know. And you um, and you'd yeah. rather not have to go into post production and and do the dialogues and everything if you no. can avoid it. Yeah, I mean that of gets course, costly because yeah. you have to have 
you have to definitely have a, a sound engineer for that. And you have to go yeah. into a studio. You have to either rent the place or uh, make oh, yeah. a, a location available. Or you have to trust mm-hmm. that the that the actor can follow through, you know, because you got to watch for lip syncing. And there's so much <laughs> to that. There's so, you know, ADR, all, you know, OK, one thing I always say is. Always be prepared for the possibility of having to do ADR, but don't ex- don't go into the production thinking, oh, we'll just fix it in post. I hate that oh, terminology yes. because you first of all, when you're going into a film, you should I personally think you should be there for, you know, either be there for the location scout or, you know, get pictures from the filmmakers, figure out what type of space you're working at and plan accordingly based on that, right? Plan what mics you want to bring. And you should have a few options always because, yeah, it's always, always better to get the sound when you're there rather than ADR because, yeah, there's a lot of variables. It is so easy to tell when there's ADR being used because, yeah, no matter what, you're not going to get it 100% to match the lip movement. And... Met, met, and then you run into the the possibility of, OK, if you're recording in an ISO booth, you're getting crystal clear audio. But the way that audio reacts with the environment is another oh. variable that it, it may not blend. Exactly. Exactly. And it sounds too clear. Whereas, you know, when you're <laughs> recording on location with the boom, the, the sound waves are bouncing off the walls and bouncing off the people and stuff like that. And it's giving a different quality to it. Yeah, and then your audio engineer has to work with all that in post-production <laughs> during that, you know. Because yeah. the, the audio sweetening, as I call it, is mm-hmm. actually the, the last, like, once you have the rough cut and then the final cut, right, yeah. there's always changes, right, yeah. last-minute changes. But then then you do the audio sweetening. And if you can't fix, let's say you've got a scene and you can't fix it, yeah. but everything else is working You've got to figure out, make a decision whether you can live without that scene just based on the audio. Yeah. And one thing I always like term I always use, especially if whether it's my film or I'm doing audio for a film is I try to make sure it's picture locked before I get it right. Because, you know, if you're an audio person, I mean, you don't want to do. Explain the term for our listeners. Okay, yeah. So picture locked is. You want to make sure the actual timeline of the film, you know, the scenes, everything is lined up so that after you get it in your hands, there's no changes being made to the actual timeline and sequence of scenes. Because when you as an, you know, when you're as, as, you know, as a sound engineer, when you're working on sound mixing and editing in post, you don't want to do a whole bunch of, you know, make a whole bunch of progress and then have the director say, oh, you know what? you know, we made a whole bunch of changes. Here's a new cut. (laughs) You know, it's like I I, I always want to make sure that the audio is or the the, the video timeline is done so that when I get it, I only have to worry about what I have. And And there's an an editing script as well. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which which also helps with that. But you don't want to lose the editor and saying, this this isn't matching with with the notes and the and the editing yeah. the editor's script and all this stuff. You really yeah. want your editor. Editors are quite expensive. So if you're going to oh, get sure. a, an editor, you really don't. You really want to. It's better to impress. 
then mm-hmm. digress. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I just came I, up I, with that just now. That could be your new slogan. That's a good <laughs> phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So, you know, recently I did some I did all the post-production audio for a film um, and it it was an interesting process because before I was actually given the actual picture locked film, I was given the uh, script supervisor notes. Oh, um, I did that. I did that. That was my job in many films. Yep. I know. What it's you so helpful. It mm-hmm. is. It is really helpful because I got it a little bit before and it's good that I did because for me, especially as a composer, actually, uh, I was able to, get uh, an understanding of what the edit was going to look like. And also, um, you know, it gave Problems. me a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. Gives you, I mean, I made notes on every little detail. I could have been, yeah. it, it was like having um, a court reporter type thing uh, yeah. doing the script supervising. And then I had a stopwatch, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, to record every scene from the time they say, you know, uh, sound action yeah. you know all that stuff until they say cut mm-hmm. you know um and then even little arguments you know like um uh that's okay no one's going to notice all right director <laughs> said no one's going to notice this yeah. <laughs> i always love looking for those types of notes too it, it you yeah. know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it gives you it gives you an understanding of mm-hmm. what is actually without being there right yeah. What is actually happening on set, uh, yeah. and and it also covers the uh, gonna gonna say a little thing here, but it covers your ass as a <laughs> as a super <laughs> uh, as a scripty because yeah, you're you're base. I mean, they don't say supervisor for you know for giggles. I mean, it's just it's reality, and you don't want to be in that position where you won't even be there to have the director uh, blame you. Mm-hmm. with the editor you know what i mean yeah when the editor will look at the notes and said no you can't blame the scripty for not letting you know about this mm-hmm. you know like you skipped an entire scene throughout the whole uh script i i had yeah. to do that once where i was like so are we ever going to shoot this because you kept postponing this and you're yeah. about ready to call this a, a wrap for the entire you know and we haven't shot this yet and they're like oh my god that's right and it was just an insert jot. But mm. if we wouldn't have shot that, it would have made, like, it would have, the whole thing would not have made any sense. Yeah, I mean, like, just even missing one insert shot, like, uh, okay, yeah, like, this is a little aside, but, you know, when you're, I always, when I make films, I direct thinking of the edit. And so if you have these insert shots planned and everything, even if you think on the day, uh, you know what, we're, ra- you know, short on time, we'll just move on. That's going to bite you later on in post. Because, yeah, even missing one shot will mess with the rhythm of the scene. You know, it could throw yeah. off the rhythm completely. And the continuity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So before we get too far into that. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we've got... What were we talking about, really? We were talking about setting the, up audio. Yeah, for, setting you know, up what audio. What to expect and all that. Yep. So now, what? Now that we've got the microphones, right? Yeah. 
sort of because again proximity is the key for for quality of yeah. audio um mic check uh what is the the first thing that you want to do when you got i mean quiet on the set and you know and and let's do that along with room tone with collectors that's one of the yeah. best times to do your mic check <laughs> Yeah, you know, so uh, it's interesting because we used to do – there's a funny meme where it's like you're opening a can and then under that is another top of the can and it's room tone. And it's <laughs> because like, you know, when the, the sound guy – you think you're done and the sound guy's like, no, 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 I need room tone. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I actually think there's a lot – there's value in doing room tone at the beginning as well yes. as when I'm when I'm setting up – often what I'll do is I will I'll make I'll need everything to be quiet of course but I'll be, I'll say to the actor okay how loud do you think you're going to be go as loud as you possibly will be for this scene and you monitor the levels right because I mean depending on what level you know whether you're doing a union film or whatever you may be the sound mixer and sound recordist on set because yeah. off, you know, often and with the bigger sets, of course, you have a, a second person who's there with the mixer, make you know, monitoring the levels. But this, you know, the fact is, especially you know, with DIY filmmaking or or you know, mobile filmmaking, you might be the you might be both the sound mixer and the recordist. So you want to make sure the levels are good, and uh, you know, of course. You, and by the way, you guys, we're talking about external audio capturing because you yeah. should. Oh, just, yeah. Just flat out. I'm just going to look. You guys can Google this until the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to make uh, an actual movie, you really should just. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Especially a feature film. You got to bite the um, bullet and just expect. Yeah that you're going to need to record separate audio. And that was another thing, grow, you know, when I was starting out as a filmmaker, I was like, how do they link the audio? And, you know, it seems it's honestly, it's not as bad as you think it's going to be when you're linking it, especially when you get into a rhythm. And especially if you have someone labeling the files, you know, before right. I always try to do that. I, you know, we, we always try to Jason and I are setting up a rhythm with each other that, you know, we're going to label the files so that when we get into post-production, uh, everything's labeled and it's easier to link the files together. There's also programs like Pluralize, which yeah. uh, you can throw all the audio and video together and it'll link them based on the waveforms. Well, a lot of editors, I think even GarageBand has yeah. uh, some of that. So a lot of the editors will help you with syncing. Yeah, uh, very much so. Yeah. Um, let's uh, now what we were talking about with room tone. Mm -hmm. Let's explain just a just a, a a brief about why room tone and when it's really important to get it. Yeah. So room tone is you often want to get room tone every location that you're going to be in for a film, whether indoors or outdoors. You always want to get a few seconds, you know, 10 seconds or so of room tone. Some people like 30 seconds. Some people like even a minute sometimes. Wow. But you always want to, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm all like 10 seconds is all you, 30 yeah. seconds is too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, honestly, I think it's because people are just, especially for people that are also going to be doing post-production sound audio, I think they just want to be just so sure that it's going to be fine. But yeah, you 
so essentially what room tone is, is when you're cutting the audio in post, when actors are not talking, because you have like different layers for each actor, right? And so you're going to be cutting the dead spaces between lines for those actors. And room tone can come into, I mean, sometimes you don't have to cut the dead spaces, but I always do. Uh, And room tone. I should say something about this. When you get to distribution in your film, uh, there, I think Netflix and some of the the bigger Mm -hmm. ones, um, you cannot have any dead space when it comes to audio. They will, they will reject your film just on that. Yeah. And when you're watching a film, you will always notice when there's dead, dead air. It'll yeah. it'll throw you off. Even if you're not a filmmaker, I've watched films, you know, short films and whatever, where there's dead spaces and I it immediately, Oof. you know, yeah. it bugs me. Right. And so room tone is there for those moments when, you know, both. Act, let's say there's a moment where both actors aren't talking. Well, guess what? That's where the room tone is good for, because there is always this constant sort of hum or white noise or just basic environmental noise that you have to fall back on. And it's really important. You don't think about it until you obviously you do your first film or you work on your first film, but uh, it's very important. Uh, I know lots of people that, you know, try to get, I know some people that went to library, like libraries online where they get certain, uh, audio tracks different room tone yeah 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 and it always is noticeable (laughs) it's just better just get your room tone at the beginning so that you don't have to worry about it yeah and so and also so when you now that you guys know what room tone is you can only Mm -hmm. imagine that as you are moving from scene to scene or mm-hmm. if things change, you've got people coming into the room, you've got cars driving by. Mm-hmm. So let me let me share at this point a little bit of a cheat that you can use, which will keep your keep you on budget. Because, mm-hmm. Julian, you were just talking about having one person. I think adding a second person isn't that bad if if you you know, if your crew is, you yeah. know, friends right for the most part that know what they're doing but uh having six people there each collecting audio and monitoring and stuff like that that gets a little Mm -hmm. bit and and plus it gets intrusive on set yeah so one little uh minimalist uh and creative thing to do is to get some extra i mean you can get extra iphones or whatever from just Mm -hmm. about anywhere and with iPhones, uh, and I think, and I'm pretty sure you could do this with Android phones too. Yep. You can you can go into the settings for the audio and make them lossless. Mm-hmm. Uh, before before I go further, tell uh, tell everyone what lossless is. Yeah. So essentially, you know, lossless audio is where you want to keep all of the original data in the audio t- together. Right. So lossy, you know, audio, it, it gets rid of all the stuff that you don't necessarily hear, whereas lossless audio, it, it keeps all the original data in case which you would want in post, in my opinion, uh, yeah. because it's just it, it gives you more to work with in post, especially when you're doing like fully and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're recording fully would, you know, 
sound, you know, all the sound effects and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, lossy and lossless. Think of it like, um, like the uh, depth of field in video. Yes, yes, that's yeah. actually a really good way to put it. Um, so lossless, you can literally go into the iPhone, you go into the audio mm-hmm. settings, and you can literally say, I want my audio recordings to be lossless. Yeah, I didn't actually know you could do that with the uh, iPhone. Oh, yeah, I found that That's out. That's awesome. I think it was, I can't remember the year. Not yeah. like we're doing a historical thing here. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't that long ago, and I don't know when they put that feature on. I was just... Um, I'm never bored, but I was curious mm. <laughs> to see what I could do with, uh, especially after so many, you know, iOS updates. Yeah. Um, but yes, you can do that. And then it affect. Uh, I use uh, the memo recorder on mm-hmm. the iOS is really pretty good, by the way, yeah. you guys. And it's free. Um, and I think you may have to. Da- yes, you do have to download it from the App Store. OK. But. Um, you can set that up, you grab another microphone or whatever, or maybe even use, you know, if you really, really don't have another microphone, just use, you know, the, the, um, ear pods, um, Mm -hmm. don't use the AirPods because those are not so good for recording. Um, but the, 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 the wire in which you can always get the adapter blah 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 because <laughs> <laughs> they did away with the with the jack the the audio jack um but get something and and if it gets really bad you know what screw it just use the the regular microphone what i'm talking yeah. about doing here is not getting is getting the best audio possible but also yeah. it's not your front face audio for your film it's no. so that you can have different um like multi tracks audio tracks in your film to fill in and then you can up and raise and lower the the levels that can Mm -hmm. like for example if you go to this end of the room there's uh you know somebody has some birds or something like that next to a window and you want those to come in you want to be able to control that as a separate audio track so you know, mm-hmm. go ahead and set up a phone there discreetly and and you'll have that. And then you can up lower the the thing and, and that will also help with dead space in filling it's, it. Yeah. It's very smart that way. Yeah, no, I've uh that's really good advice because yeah, there's there's times even when you have your room tone that mm-hmm. you'll you'll find moments where you're like, Ah, I need to fill in some of that some of that space. That's really smart, yeah. And basically go to any points of the room where there might be external audio and just putting a phone there. That's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just creative more than anything, because I think yeah. about all these little things, you know, you have, say, somebody talking over here at this end of the room, and then you've got somebody mm-hmm. walking over to that end of the room where the birds are, yep. and you're getting their POV, right? Yep. But you don't really need to move the entire microphone crew because they're collecting the guy talking over here. And the girls over here type thing. And so you might want to, you know, add a little bit of the birds to because what you want to do is you want to keep people from having to stop and think. Yeah, you want to have add depth to it. Right. And yeah. uh, another thing is like, OK, let's say the the birds are on, you know, in the back on the right side. Well, you can actually pan that track, you know, to the yeah. right so that let's say you're watching 
it, it it's another point of immersion that can add to because the more stuff like this that you add, the more layers and, and the more you're thinking about, OK, looking around this location, what's going to make noise? The more you add to that, the more immersive it's going to be when the viewer is watching it. And a lot of this is subconscious, like the viewer won't actively think about this. But if it's too quiet, the viewer will 100 percent know that something's up. There was a, a film I was watching uh, over the mm. weekend and there were uh, footsteps from someone in yep. some of the shots mm. and no footsteps heard in some of the others. <laughs> I know this is a Hollywood film. Yeah. And I noticed it. Yeah. And I wasn't looking for I wasn't looking at, I was, it was pure entertainment. I wasn't listening for it. I wasn't mm. watching this film to criticize it or anything. No. But it was like, why did they not add the footsteps? You know, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that was. <laughs> That's was like leaving like <laughs> the Starbucks cup in the Game of Thrones, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like where's that script supervisor? Yeah. There was a director. No one will notice. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, and, it's, and there are millions. They're probably all over on YouTube now. Yeah. But the, the candles, the dinner oh, yeah. candles, as they're doing POVs back and forth, and the dinner, mm. the, the, the candle on the table is going up and down. <laughs> um, I don't know if you, if you know this or not, listeners, but there are actual candles that will burn and will not, um, they will not go down. They, they won't burn out. Yeah. Yeah. For continuity. <laughs> we had That's to set to up in one scene that we, from a film that I worked on, and mm-hmm. there's this romantic scene in a diner where the, the girl walks in and she was blind. Mm-hmm. and But she could see something. So the guy wanted to impress her and he lit up the entire ho- uh, walkway to the table with a bunch of candles wow. because he knew she could see sort of the reflection of the candles or a little bit good enough and it was going to make make an impact um, romantically mm-hmm. for him and I can't I can't remember but they were like a hundred something candles that that we had to light up but the 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 property you know, master, the, the guy that was in charge of all that stuff, he he had purchased all the candles at a, you know, in a in a film production prop uh, store. Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't burn out. And so we didn't have to worry because I was like, oh, my God. And ice cubes. Speaking of that diner, yep. when we were shooting the scenes, the ice cubes would not melt in the glasses where where people were drinking for different. Yeah, there you can get silicone. It's like clear yeah. silicone ice cubes, and it, it works like a charm. Yeah. yeah, and he went to a garden store to get um, the crushed ice from. Yep. They have like that. Um, it's fake as well. Anyway, just some little yeah. tidbits for for everybody. All right, Getting into so, that though, uh, yeah. sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't no, want to no, derail this, but uh, all these things, you know, like let's say if you had real ice cubes in the, in the glasses, well, that makes a lot of noise that you know you'd have to think about as a sound guy. So the silicone ones don't make noise, mm-hmm. but you can always add that as fully later, right? You know, or or even like let's say you're carrying, you know, the 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 classic like paper grocery bag. Well, mm-hmm. there's a prop version of that that's rubber. And you can do that. It makes no noise, 
and it's really good for post and you can add the you know the sound effects in post via fully but you know stuff like that is another a lot of these things you have to think about when you're running sound that's why you should hire someone if you can to do the sound separately yes you know, to think absolutely about that. and and another reason for thinking about layers when you're thinking mm-hmm. about audio for video just remember with every little thing that you do that you expect to hear like the footsteps and things like that those should be separate layers you know from the spoken audio per se yeah you know for for me when i'm doing sound editing i actually do uh because i do all my sound editing in in avid pro tools mm, and i actually I hate that program oh isn't it just the worst <laughs> um yes. Uh, it's very user hostile, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but what I do is I actually have a separate, uh, file entirely, uh, for the Foley and the sound design. So my dialogue audio is in one program file, project file, and then I have a separate file for, uh, the sound design and Foley, and then I import when I'm done with the Foley and sound design, I actually import that into the greater, you know, Pro, Pro Tools file for the film. I do it separately because sometimes I'm using so many layers that I, I just want to have things separate. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the, 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 the audio track, even in, um, I don't know what the limit is in GarageBand, but I know in... Mm. Uh, for example, if you go to iMovie, right, mm-hmm. they give you like three video uh, tracks, yeah. that's it, you know, on the timelines. But then um, <laughs> you get, I think you get like six or eight or at least um, the yeah. audio, you know, which is great. But when you go to a, I don't want to say real editor because the real editor is you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. But when you go to another editing software, if you've ever seen, you know, people who take pictures of their, you know, um, you know, say Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you look at that and you're going, holy cow. Or even even uh, people like you who, who use, you know, uh, compose music. Yeah. Speaking of uh, music and all that, mm-hmm. there, there are formats that are better for audio files for video. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I always want to export my audio when it's for a film, whatever it is. It's a, I use a WAV file, a WAV file, uh, which was invented by windows. Hence the W. Yeah. Uh, WAV files are much better because MP3, when it's an MP3, it's, it's compressed heavily. Yeah. Uh, Wave file. It's sort of, you know, it's it's sort of adjacent to lossless versus lossy. Uh, a wave file has far less compression and it keeps, uh, you know, almost all of the original data there. And it's always better because when you hand it to the um, to the editor, you know, for exporting the final copy of the film, you want to give them a copy of it that has everything within it so that you know if they need to if god forbid they need to do anything with it all the information is there 
Yeah, you it's know. just a larger file. And what about the yeah. and um, the one that I'm I'm used to is the AIFF. Yes, AIFF. What does that yeah. stand for? Uh, give me a second. I learned this in college, and I'm I forgetting always, it. It was. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. There was also AIFF. so in video production, a lot of it. Uh, for some reason, my uh, the the person that I worked with. Uh, like yeah. AAC. Yeah, AAC, uh, audio interchange file format. Um, yeah. And what is the AAC? Now I'm really running into AAC. Money, but... Oh, uh, before I find that, uh, fun fact AIFF and WAV files are the exact same quality. Yes. So they're both know, uncompressed. Exactly, yeah. Uh, AAC file. Give me a second here. AIFF Again, I learned... is more Apple based yes yes it is which i use a lot of now i've actually moved my entire you know editing slash music making ecosystem over to mac recently nice um uh, aac is advanced audio coding is what it stands for uh, it's still better than mp3 oh absolutely mp3 is like it's like your last resort it's it's what you get when you download this this podcast uh, yeah. as a as an audio file uh, to listen wherever you want. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, people will download it so they can listen to it while you're jogging or out yeah. or you know you're climbing rocks. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, you won't exactly. be falling because of what you hear here. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, it's also a very small file. I mean, uh, it is, yeah. A, an entire hour's worth of a podcast could be, I don't know, 50, 60 megabytes. Yeah. Which is nothing compared to, you know, two the two, maybe three gigs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. So file, file formats, it matters, obviously. It does, yeah. Yes. And now let's, let's talk a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, um, mm-hmm. if you're still okay with time. I'm trying I'm trying to kind of move along these things a little bit and then we can yep. relax a little bit if we want to go into more detail. But for our listeners, I basically I hope you guys, I mean, do download this episode because you can always go back to it and listen to all these things as you're getting ready to film and planning your your films so that your audio, you're putting mm-hmm. you're putting some real energy into your audio how are you going to work your audio and i think we're giving you a lot of great tips and information here field recorders yeah why would be because we're talking low budget you know for the most part Uh, you don't have to get a thousand or six thousand dollars worth of hollywood field recorders you know anything like that and you can literally use the the HN4 or 6, you know, the, yep. I forgot what brand that is. Zoom uh, H6 or Zoom, H4N, yeah. yeah. Um, but why don't you give our, our our listeners just just some tips and some recommendations? Yeah, so uh, honestly, the most go-to uh, recorder when you're either starting out or, you know, if you're doing DIY filmmaking I always recommend the Zoom H6 because it's the best bang for your buck that you're going to get. And you get four channels. 
with it for uh sorry i should specify you get four xlr channels yeah that you can for inputs outputs. yeah for for inputs. yes exactly <laughs> uh but you get four of them so that you can have your boom pole going to it your boom mic going to it you can have your lav mics you know going to it um it's important that you have a, a I always say it's important to have more than one channel, which is why the H6 is your best bang for your buck. It's a, I think last time I checked, it's like $300, I think, give or take. Um, you can literally, with the N4, you can split. Yeah. You can split them. But every time, with each time that you're splitting them, you're degrading the, the quality. Yeah, yeah. The, you run into risk. It, yeah, that, that's, that's very true. Um. I uh, I've been using the Zoom H6 for a while now. I'm going to be upgrading to uh, Sound Devices Mix Pre, which is mm. it's it's middle it's 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 I like to call it like middle level uh, professional. It's sort like of prosumer. right in the middle. Prosumer. That's a, yeah, yeah. that's the word I was trying to think of. Uh, it's 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 really really good. One thing that is really important is uh, preamp. When you're mm -hmm. looking at recorders, field recorders, uh, I know the Zoom H6 doesn't have a very good preamp. Now, there's a lot of settings. I recently did uh, a podcast with a, a local professional sound guy, and he was talking about how there are a lot of settings on the Zoom H6 that you can get around its limitations. I haven't looked into it per se recently. Um, I have a four, and I've recorded... Um Plenty, you know, when I go, when when Aaron and I were recording uh, some mm -hmm. episodes out in the coffee shop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and it still sounded good, but I was using mm -hmm. the H4, and I remember having to set that up so that we're in yep. stereo in both, and, you know, in both microphones and things like that. I haven't yep. had to use it because of COVID. I feel like I got to go back and, and relearn <laughs> it almost. Go look at my notes. Because I take notes. I'm always taking yeah. notes when I'm learning something. It's important to. It's 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 always good to have notes that you can fall back on in the case of, yeah, like having not used something in a while. Um, but uh, sorry, give so me a second. The Zoom, wanna... Yeah, the Zoom is good. Um, yeah, Zoom is best also, bang for your buck. Also, there's a thing that I want you to, to talk about. Now, mm -hmm. when I got my headphones, my audio, I love you, I know we both love Audio-Technica. Yeah. Um, so when my Audio-Technica headphones uh, mm -hmm. died, kind of died, the connector died on me, um, the one, you know, that goes up to the headphones, um, it started not working so well. I was like oh, really? wondering what was going on and it was that. And so you can't really replace that. That's ridiculous. So... Yeah. What I did was I I looked for the for the newer model up from it because mm -hmm. when you love something, there's no need to spend days and hours looking for a new one and money and all that stuff. Yeah. And Audio Technica has never really let me down. So, look, you guys, if you think there's a, an affiliate or a sponsorship, <laughs> huh, I wish, uh, but there's not. So, um. When I replaced that, the first thing that I wanted to make sure, and this is why I like these too, when you when I bought those headphones, I wanted a long cord. 
Okay, yeah. Because when you are editing, you're working on in production out on the field, you forget many times when you got to walk over to your subject, right? Yep. <laughs> and you walk away from where it's plugged in. Yeah. Whether it's the camera or the, you know, the guy holding the boom pole, whatever it is, you know, the field recorder. Mm-hmm. Yikes. You yeah, to take it's, it off. it's it is very <laughs> important to have uh, like really long cables, which for most studio grade headphones, you will find very long headphones yeah. uh, wires. Um, it, it's happened to me, too. I've broken a pair of headphones. <laughs> that yeah, you way. just forget you're in the moment. Exactly. You yeah. Know? And you're going back and forth. And so it's important to get headphones with a long wire. And it's better to get one that has a long one than to yeah. get extension cords because then that 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 becomes messy for a, a bunch of reasons yeah. uh, like they disconnect and they get loose and you may not notice you know what i mean how you know but anyways the other thing mm. is the length of the xlr cables too because yeah obviously the longer an xlr cable is um the more noise it degrades. You're gonna get. yeah yeah so let's just talk a little bit about that so if it's under 25 feet, you're going to get pretty decent, pretty decent audio. But like if it's longer than that, you run you the longer after 25 feet, you run the risk of getting um, a whole wide gamut of different noises because uh, it, it, it can also pick up on frequencies as well. Uh, if there's there's hums. Yeah. Like if there's electricity running. Even under the floor, you know, you, it, it can pick that up. Uh, I now, I mean, you can there's a lot of things you can do to avoid this. You, you could go, you know, high professional with you getting wireless. I actually don't like wireless as much. It's, right. you know, it, it's used in a lot of like union and uh, film sets. They use a lot of wireless with transmitters and receivers. I prefer using just the XLR cable um, because there's latency issues and stuff like that that you can get with wireless. That uh, also happens in, you know, we're doing a podcast right now and I'm yep. using XLR. I will not. I, I've tried USB and I hate it. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you got to. You, you, that's why if you're going to do podcasts, you get spend the extra money and get yourself an interface. Yeah. You know, Um Another thing I've I've been using Audio Technica for a while, but I recently uh, switched brands to Bayer Dynamic. Uh, I got DT seven seventies. They're really really nice studio. They're, I would say they're prosumer. They're about two hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, but I've been enjoying using the Bayer Dynamic headphones recently. Um, that's just a little aside, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, I've always used Audio Technica, but uh, I recently went to Bayer Dynamic, and I like it. I uh, when you're especially when you're doing sound editing, you have to think about you know f- frequency response and stuff like that too, right? Did you say the seven seventy? DT seven seventy, yeah. It's the first. It's the most popular one. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a lot of people choose the DT seven seventies. Yeah, but well, uh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm looking at them. It's like a hundred. They're on sale right now for 159. Oh, that's really good deal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you're listening, go get on that and 
you know, tell them you heard about it in our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like uh, these are I I haven't upgraded to because you can go up to like a thousand dollars, you know, with headphones. Oh, I haven't had yeah. the need to yet. I, I in my opinion, unless you're producing, you know, albums for Hollywood or, you know, stuff like that, I don't think you need to go that high. Uh, frequency response is important though. And you don't want to, you don't want to go super cheap when it comes to headphones because you don't, you want to get the most clear depiction of the audio as possible. And frequency response is super important with that. Like you don't want to get headphones that have bass boosted headphones. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of these like noise canceling, I hate noise canceling headphones. Oh, I don't like those either. I don't because like that on the microphones or the no, headphones. No, because what it's doing is it is basically sending you, it's it is key it is you don't hear it as much, but it's giving you shooting constant noise in your ears. It's it's yeah. it's you know so it it's not good and it gives you uh, what I call ear fatigue way faster if you're using noise canceling headphones. You know a lot of these like Bose headphones or Beats by Dr. Dre. Like I know that they're marketed as like great headphones but in my opinion they're not because a lot of the times they're boosting the bass and their frequency response in the higher you know upper frequency ranges are a lot lower yeah they're basically so. it's like when you buy a, a tv and it says here's cinema mode and you put yeah. it on, like, what? <laughs> yeah that's like i'm like why no yeah <laughs> um all right so let's see let's talk a little bit Mm-hmm. about audio levels yep. and then i think after that we can you know um almost call it a day yeah <laughs> it's good, good good chat though yeah no definitely <laughs> i think w- see what i'm trying to do here is give mm-hmm. if, is share all this information in yeah. a way that a novice can understand i mean we're not going into a lot of deep details about things but we're giving you the basics not yeah. that you have to dig that much deeper unless you want to. I mean, you can start flying. These are your wings. You know, you can yes. start flying right now. So. Absolutely. So how about audio levels? What's the best way to check? I mean, quiet on the set. Go to the room. The way yeah. I look at audio levels, too, is um, there's there's two different, you know, don't mind me with this, but there's two ways. Mm-hmm. So first, when you're going location scouting, Yep. If you're filming on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you want to go there on a Sunday. Yep. And see what the ambient noise and ambient noise, natural nat sound, all that stuff is just what's already there. Because yeah, you can't absolutely. get rid of what's already there. And if you're going to want to get rid of what's already there, then you need to you need to figure out how you're going to get rid of it. Yep. Right. And that could that's a whole other. <laughs> I don't there's a lot of things podcast. you can do you can't yeah, noise dampening I mean, ro- yeah um, panels curtains. and all kinds of stuff yeah, yeah. um even outdoors um oh, yeah. but when it comes that's one part so if you record if you're out there with your field recorder and you're recording the natural sound and you mm-hmm. have an extra extra how should i say this an extra resource you can bring to the director and say Hey, this is what it sounds like. Yeah. When the doves fly. 
purple yeah. rain. Uh, but this yeah. is what it sounds like out there on a Sunday. Yeah. If you want to go out there and film on Sunday, this is what it's going to sound like. And you're going to have mm-hmm. to deal with airplanes. I remember Aaron and I were at the park recording the, uh, the video for my Patreon. I was out there and I was telling, I was out there way earlier because I get everywhere at least 20 minutes early. Yeah. Um, and I was telling Aaron, I said, okay, so listen, I counted and every three minutes and every three minutes or no, what was it? I think it was like 60 seconds, literally an airplane comes because it was close to the airport. And so we need to do each take within a window of 60 seconds. So we know action, 60 seconds is all we got before we have to go cut and wait for another airplane. And he was like, wow. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so you want to be able to do that for your director, you know. So that's one way to check the audio levels. But now let's get nitty and gritty with the real audio levels in your system. Yeah, I mean, uh, over typically, the I always try to have my levels be between negative uh, twelve decibels and negative six decibels. Um, you can go a little, you can go a little higher than negative six. Uh, but one of the things that I, you know, learned actually going to school was, you, you know, we have with your eyes. Yeah, it, well, that's a really good point. If it sounds, you know, yes, we have certain parameters that we should stick to, like negative between negative six decibels and negative 12. But if it sounds OK, if it's not clipping, you you generally can be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, generally negative six to negative 12 decibels is the overall audio should be. I always tend to have uh, any sound of, you know, sound effects or you know environmental noise i want to have it i usually try to have it like about 10 decibels lower than the dialogue audio because you don't want to have the environmental noise overpowering the dialogue right like that's there's a there's a term that i used to say when i would go into editing when somebody had recorded something and it was like it's the audio is too hot and people yeah. would look at me going, what are you talking about? Hot. You know, the, mm-hmm. the interns and stuff. And I'd have to explain it to them. It's yeah. too hot. It's kind of like with when video is the same thing, the same term. It's too yeah. hot. It means it's too bright. Um, yeah. And you've washed out all the natural colors and shadows and everything with the video. Yeah. Because you didn't white balance. You oh, know? my God. White balance is a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was really, really... Um, really trained on white balance, you know, before and after, you know, every scene, you know, with every, 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 you know, even when the sun's going down, it's got a white Mm -hmm. balance. Now you're going in and out different locations and shades and things like that. But with the phone, it's, um, it sort of does it automatically. So you kind of want to, I would recommend using Filmic Pro. (laughs) Yeah. Filmic Um, Pro is the go-to if you're going to, yeah. Yeah, if, for the video. but yeah. And they also uh, give you um, audio levels and things like that. But again, I think I think you should, if you're making films, mm-hmm. you really should use an external um, uh, recording. Absolutely. Uh, 
you know, because that's what the professionals, quote unquote, use. Yeah. And there's and it in and, and video, look, when I started the film festival, Julie, and people would ask me because it was so new, right? People mm-hmm. were like, So does everything have to be done on the phone? And I was like, Really, I only want you to use the camera. Everything else, Absolutely. right? Do it whatever however you can. Yeah. You know? And at the time the iPhone four hadn't even come out. I mean, mm-hmm. the audio was horrible. <laughs> You know, so there was no way I was going to tell somebody, yeah, make a movie. And then, yeah, tr- see what you can do with your phone with the microphone, because that was horrible, you know. And the best so, way, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, the best way that I put it is if you think of it this way, you want to record separate audio for dialogue simply because. Look, if you resort to using putting a mic on top and like they make. Like they make mics that attach to phones, right? They have a Rode Video yeah. Mic Go, but that's not going to get just the dialogue audio. That's going to get a whole lot more environmental audio. If you have a boom pole that's directly above the actors, you are getting essentially just the dialogue so that you don't have a whole lot of external audio that's, you know, tainting the dialogue audio and i mean if you want to get real technically you can use lavalier mics i find they're a little too clean uh like labs are really good i think i prefer labs for you know interviews and stuff like that that's what we uh, used to use them for it was interviews but you know i've actually interviewed people using the shotgun oh yeah see it it does work yeah yeah and, I, I and just I've find had people that people yeah. tell me how well. So I use the iRig Pre, you know, mm-hmm. on my phone, as opposed to doing all that because I'm not making a narrative film in yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I were, I would definitely not plug it into into the the phone. No. But when what I was doing was I was um, shooting people, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of on the street asking them questions about certain things with mobile film and and stuff and getting their opinion. And um, I remember, I think it was like a subway or one of those or submarine in front of it. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, got, got this family and they were Mm -hmm. sitting at a table eating. And I said, do you mind, you know, and got the permission and everything. And I asked them each about, you know, uh, this one question and the video is on, is on YouTube, but the video came out, the sound came out pretty good. Actually, you know what? You know that video that I just uh, shared on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, from about our film festival? It's the story of the film festival here in San Diego. Yep. Um, it's Aaron and Anthony, Aaron Naboose, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, and Anthony De La Cruz, both from here, San Diego. Yeah. Um, I asked them to be the on-camera talent for me. And mm-hmm. I was shooting them because I love shooting people, guys. <laughs> yeah. And um, I used the um, I used the shotgun mic that I have. It's a it's an awesome. Audio Technica. Yep. And the boom pole and all that. And I used yeah. it while I was holding the camera, by the way, and the eye rig between my fingers. Um, I wasn't <laughs> using awesome. a gimbal. <laughs> I was just using a stabilizer. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I looked like an octopus or, or inspector <laughs> gadget type thing, yeah. but I was monitoring the sound with my headphones Yeah, and we're out there at the marina, 
the mm-hmm. middle of the day, you know, and the sound came out great. I had to do a little tweaking in iMovie, which is, you know, but I mean, you can't, I mean, it sounds just as good as, as any other, you can't tell. I mean, the, the, the audio sounds great. And I think it's well, because I use that yeah. shotgun. I honestly think that, uh, especially like one of the, the mics that I bought when I started doing, cause okay, this is, this is my, I'm a little scatterbrained right now. So I apologize. I apologize. Oh, it's for all that. good. I am too, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so when I got into, when Jason and I, you know, started collaborating a lot together, we realized we didn't want to rely on, you know, having audio guys come, you know, with their own equipment. We wanted to at least have audio gear so that if they don't have their own equipment, but they know how to use it. Okay. Well, we have our own mics and stuff like that. So we bought, you know, he has a Rode NTG2. I have a Rode NTG4, um, which are, they're okay. They're, there's a little problem with some noise floor and stuff like that. That is a discussion for another time. But I always recommend, you know, if you're going to get into filmmaking, just get yourself a shotgun microphone. You know, get yourself a shotgun microphone, an XLR cable, a boom pole. You won't regret it in terms of audio, in terms of what specific microphone to get. Audio-Technica makes great shotgun microphones. Yes, Rode even the is... lower end ones are great. I oh, bought they're so an, good, yeah. I, I bought an extra one, an extra shotgun. I don't even remember the brand because mm. I hated it. it when I compared, <laughs> it was like it was like using a bicycle instead of uh, a Harley Davidson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there's, you know, yeah. you can get, you can get random shotgun microphones on Amazon, but they may as well be potatoes because, <laughs> you know, like, you can, yeah, you can get, sure, you can get one for like 60 bucks. Of course yeah. you can. But Audio-Technica's, you know, lower line shotguns are really good. Uh, I have Rhodes. I, I, in retrospect, I wish I had chosen Audio Technica, but, uh, it's never too late to move into that. I'm looking into, you know, different shotgun microphones for the future, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think that like, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times in this conversation, but always recording separate audio. Like I know it seems, especially for beginner filmmakers, it seems kind of scary. Like, Oh, how am I going to record separate audio? How is that going to be in 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 the editing suite, especially if you're editing yourself? I know that sounds scary, but if you take the time to look into. Yeah, practice. Yes, that's the best way. Yeah. Go and do test footage. That's oh, that's another thing. Getting test footage is great. You know, getting audio with that. Test it out. It's the best way because then you go in more prepared you'll know how you're going to edit it you're just you're going to reward yourself by doing it that way and you don't need to spend an arm and a leg to to get yourself started there's a thing that happens too where the audio comes out of sync supposedly i've heard some people bring this up with the phone when you're talking for a length of time when you're recording for a length of time um i haven't had that problem yet jason and i have yeah, I know people have talked have brought it up so many times that yeah. I know that can be an issue. I don't know exactly 
when it does or why it does or whatever, but it does happen. And I'm sure it has a lot to do with all sorts of things, including the load on your phone and all kinds of stuff that can affect it. First thing you want to do though, is, um, like what, what, um, um, we're talking about here with experimenting and, and doing all these things is put it on airplane mode yep. so that you're not overloading your processor on your phone mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that you're clear on the capabilities of your phone um, yeah. and always do that before you film anyways you know oh 100 percent. it's just it's good etiquette to just do in general so you have no interruptions but yeah uh, and you could literally, you know, like I said, the, the the tips about, you know, recording other other um, layers and things like that, do the same thing with that. I mean, just yeah. remember to do It's a great habit to get into. I have a theory about, you know, out of being out of sync. Uh, again, I've, I haven't been able to prove it because I've, you know, I've never run into it per se, but I have a theory because... When you're setting up project files, regardless of what program you use, you want to make sure that the sample rate and bit depth of the audio recorded matches the project file, because if it doesn't match the project file, that can also cause a a sync and, you know, it to be out of sync. Yeah. It. I remember when Jason and I were recording a video, it did happen. I forget what we ended up doing to fix it. But I, my theory is that it has to do with the sample rate and bit depth. Probably. And it, and also, you know, it could be that you're setting it at a frame rate. Yes. Yep. That is just not compatible with, you know, with all that. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, yeah. There's so many variables that can, that can go wrong when it comes to audio visual projects. It's, it's crazy. It just in post even. You know. Oh gosh, yeah, and the other thing is, um, you know, 4K, right? Yeah. You know, when you're using 4K, remember that 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 is something you probably want to do mm-hmm. uh, is to record with 4K on the video, right? Yeah. Because then you can export it in 1080. It'll still look better than when it went in in, in 1080. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I. I often don't even export in 4K. I, I record in 4K. Yeah. I often export in 1080 because, I mean, realistically speaking, unless you have a giant TV, 4K, the difference between 1080 and 4K isn't super noticeable. Right. You know, I, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think that uh, if you want to get the best vi- video quality possible, yeah, record your film in 4k export in 1080 it'll look great yeah also one little trick uh, that i think you should all know if you're going to use imovie mm-hmm. um have and, and you want to know like how can i set the quality because imovie will set it automatically um oh, just yeah, take, a, does, eh? take a video clip of something in 4k or 1080 even and yeah. put it in there and have that start it has nothing to do with the video Put it on your time in your video timeline, and that will mm-hmm. set it. You can remove it later. Yeah, so that's great. That's a little tip. I All mean, right. I I've heard. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. What, what I've else? heard, iMovie has gotten uh, actually a lot more versatile over the years, 
I haven't used it in quite some time, but uh, I've heard it's gotten pretty good. I mean, pretty good for, you know, beginner level video editing. Yeah, and it teaches you to be creative and, and, yeah. and things like that. What I'm trying, so I used to use Final Cut Pro for everything, yeah. you know, and then I went, well, so I can't really preach you know, yes, you can you can make a great video with hardly anything, you know, mm-hmm. as far as budgets are concerned, and then use Final Cut Pro and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to force myself, like, because even with Final Cut Pro, you have to, you cheat a lot. Yeah, you know, absolutely. With it. So why not? You know, why not try it with iMovie? I, uh, there, there's a lot I could go into with that, but Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's the same thing with GarageBand, you know. Um, and also, now let me let me just say before before we end this, mm-hmm. uh, you are you are a composer in music, and you just you just uh, you just dropped <laughs> an <laughs> album. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you are also available uh, because your music is just perfect for films mm-hmm. uh you. so let's you know just share a little bit of that because maybe no one has any questions we've been thorough enough for you mm-hmm. since we're gonna add you know your social media and ways to contact you but absolutely um maybe they'll want to use some of your music for their films which is uh i'm totally open to i mean so okay I, re- I released an album called Reminiscence. Uh, it's a, a cinematic and ambient uh, album. I, I basically created it as a calling card for, you know, filmmakers to uh, get in contact with me because I am focusing a lot more heavily on my music composition. Uh, any of my music that I have released... I am totally okay with being used so long as, you know, people contact me, which um, I will send you my socials and my Spotify link to the to the album as well. Is uh, that the only place, you know, Spotify right now is like it's on Spotify on... and Apple Music okay. uh, and <laughs> it's on a whole bunch. I'll, is it I'll on send SoundCloud to too? Uh, it's on SoundCloud. I use sound. Honestly, I use SoundCloud for everything. I, I use a a distributor (laughs) called, uh, DistroKid. It's a distributor for music and it just goes everywhere. Like it goes like Apple music, Spotify, iTunes, everything basically. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of people boycotting Spotify right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I'll, I'll I'll have links for everything. Yeah, of course. Of course. (laughs) And SoundCloud, literally everything is on SoundCloud as well. So I'll, I, I recently, though, have separated into two SoundCloud accounts, so okay. I'll send links to one of I have I have one account for my synthwave music uh, and like synthwave electronic. And then the other account is for my film orchestral ambient music. So I will I'll send you links to both of those. I just I just really think that I mean, that's part of the whole audio thing that we're talking about yeah is in post-production is is music um like that because we Mm -hmm. were talking about having layers of tracks and sometimes the music just fits so well into a scene that you don't even hear it 
And, and, and yeah. the one thing that I don't like in, in films, a lot of a lot of films right now, it, it just feels like you got to have music in every single scene. It's like, don't no, you don't need music in every single scene. I think music is used to try to elevate emotion and I don't think it's always needed. No, you know, I, I, I think, I mean, if in terms of, uh, storytelling and filmmaking chops, if it, it is so much more powerful when there's no music and you are relying on the amazing acting, the cinematography, you know, all that stuff. If, if you can, to uh, put into perspective, if you can make me cry without the music, you know, if you got some good acting, I love it. You know, yes. obviously music is great. I, I'm not. I mean, I'm a musician. I, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, not I mean, down I'm sitting music, here but... going, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this in front of you. But no, it, but no, it is I true agree, because though. you know, it it can be it can be overdone. It's like don't it over dramatize it with the music or you know with every single scene. It like it doesn't have to be there. But it when it is there, uh, in in certain scenes, right? It can really, really enhance the video and the story itself. Quiet moments are really important, and as well, sometimes yeah. when it comes to music, you could have no music but really great sound design, mm-hmm. and and let's say something's more anxiety inducing. Well you can play with sound design and not have any music and it can unsettle someone or make you feel on the edge of your seat. Um, you know? Yeah. I was telling Jason, um, that sometimes I shorten it in this podcast, the pauses Mm -hmm. in between, but sometimes I leave them because sometimes there's an effect, uh, when somebody is thinking. Yeah. And you want that to be quiet and you want, also for somebody to go ahead and have that little bit of thought, you know, who's listening, mm-hmm. that pause is for the effect. But yeah. most of the time, you know, when my guest, such as you is, wait, um, let me figure out how to say this. All this is going on <laughs> in your head and this thing is still spinning, right? Yeah. Um, then at that point, I'll shorten it just so that it seems more fluid of a conversation. Of course. But I am aware that sometimes you need to pause. And the reason why that happens in a podcast, which is just audio, is Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about you guys, the listeners, and you're listening to this, and all of a sudden it's like a a transition, you know, uh, video to black, right? Yeah. If it takes too long... You go, wait, what happened? Mm-hmm. I don't want to break you like that. <laughs> no. You know? So I don't want yeah. you to start going, wait, did something happen? Did this just end? Was there a mistake? Did I lose it? <laughs> you know, what happened? I don't want you to go yeah. there. You know yeah. what I mean? So sometimes there's no effect and there's no reason for that dead air, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't do it. And it's the same thing with film. Yeah. But if the video to black is a little longer sometimes that means that between those scenes time has passed usually day to night night to day or it's yeah. a different day or a week has gone by and mm-hmm. it's a real subtle way of the the director and the editor to give you that feeling of something has changed yeah 
is where you have a, just a few, just a, it could be just three more seconds, if mm-hmm. even. Four seconds is already a long, you know what I'm saying? It's a long oh, time on video yeah. and audio. A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. What else did we miss? Okay. Why don't you give a shout out to your own social medias? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you can find me at uh, Twitter at the real JBV. Uh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Julian Zero Theory. Uh, I am, I am on Facebook. So if you ever want to reach out regarding you know film or anything like that, my name is Julian Bate Vergette. Um, yeah, those are my socials. You can find my music at uh, SoundCloud, which is under my name, Julian Bate Vergette. I'll send a link uh, to you as well for. Uh, the write-up and all that, but that's about it for my socials. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's say goodbye to our listeners then. Uh, <laughs> you want to say goodbye to... Hey, guys, uh, before you do that, if you enjoyed this episode of the SBP podcast, please uh, give us a few stars if you can. Um, and also if you really, really, really liked it, even beyond mm-hmm. stars, uh, give us a, a, you know, go on Twitter or, um, on Facebook SBP podcast and, uh, tag us and, you know, just give a shout out to the world. I listened to this and this is great. Listen to it. We mm. really appreciate that. We don't, we don't pay for ads or anything. So we're counting on you. Um, you want to say goodbye to our listeners, Julian? goodbye and thank you so much for listening to me ramble about audio for (laughs) an hour and a bit where are we at right now in terms of time you're not so bad (laughs) they have to listen to me all the time